0: CommunityOxford.com, or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford Podcast. And all God's people said, I told you during our welcome that you were in store for a blessing, and man, I got to be honest with you, man, I just love Christmas. I love music, um, and so thankful just for our team leading us today i thankful that uh, God saw it fit that uh, one of our own that moved out to Denver, Colorado to go to dental school thought it would be a good idea to come to see her mom and dad and her brothers for Christmas and uh, her in-laws. And so, so glad to have Ethan and Kaylee home with us uh, this Christmas season. i so thankful that they got to come. This week when Garrett told us the song selection, uh, he shared with us that he was going to sing King of Kings. And uh, that's Beth's favorite song, and and she kind of got a little teary-eyed. And then, uh, I guess it was a day or so later, uh, he said, uh, well, he didn't say it. Somebody in the office said, well, you know Kaylee's leading, wor- helping lead worship this Sunday. And she goes, please tell me, please tell me that she's singing King of Kings. And so this morning when uh, she started singing uh, in this service, I, I kind of glanced back at the nurses and saw a big smile on their faces, so Doc and... Linda, I know you guys are excited to have your your daughter home, and boys, I know you're excited to have your older sister home, too. I know y'all have been living in her spotlight, bless your heart, your whole life, but thank you guys so much for just leading us in worship, and just so good to be able to sing that song. Amen. Uh, So excited about this Sunday. We made it. Uh, It's the fourth Sunday of Advent, and uh, we lit the candle of love today, and uh, as we've already read this morning in Luke chapter 1, this story... Uh, is is, is, an, is an unusual story. And without faith, it would be impossible to believe this story. You know, uh, when I think about the fact of how old Mary and Joseph was, I think about the fact that I have two teenage boys that live in my house. Uh, we have tons of teenage girls that are involved in our ministry through our student ministry. And I just think about who would have been Mary in our group and who possibly would have been Joseph. And I think about just that whole story and if it would have happened in this day, what that would look like, and I gotta be honest with you, uh, I grew up watching MTV. Uh, I know some of y'all think I'm going to hell for that. Okay, you can just pray for me. But but when I watched MTV, it was still it was actually still music videos. It wasn't all these crazy shows. But I'll remember the first ever show that came out, and it was a show called Punked. Okay, and I love this show so much because uh, on Punk, what they would do was is they would put somebody in a, in a situation, usually a compromising situation or an overwhelming situation, like somebody's car got stolen or they'd won a million dollars or, you know, who knows, all kinds of things. And uh, matter of fact, I remember one of the early ones, uh, this girl played a, a joke on her boyfriend uh, that she was pregnant and she wasn't really. And so I, I automatically, when I read the Christmas story, and I read it a lot during this time of year because... Church, if you take yourself out of the Jesus idea and you take yourself out of the fact that we as believers believe that this is the beginning of the gospel, and you just begin to read this story, you've got to be like on the show Punk. You're like looking around and going, where's the cameras? Like an angel comes to this girl? Really? Really? Like when, when, when's that happened, any of us, okay? Like, um, and not only does an angel come, the angel has a name, and the angel tells her exactly what's going to happen. She goes, "Well, wait a minute. How is this possible? I'm a virgin. I mean, we're not even married yet. That that's not ha- that's not the order. You know, you're the angel. Like, you you sit up there next to God. Don't you know the order? This is not okay. And and as the story just continues to unveil, I think about in Luke chapter one, verse. 31, excuse me, um, let me find it before I say it. Um, there it is, and I lost it. These glasses are supposed to work a little better. Bottom line is, the angel says to, to Mary, nothing will be impossible. There it is in verse 37, excuse me. For nothing will be impossible with God. And church, I think too often when we get closer to Christmas every year, and as we have been reading through these Sundays leading up to today and we'll light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. on the square. We'll sing some Christmas hymns together. We'll have communion together and then we'll close out our time together singing O Holy Night with candles lit and it'll be a beautiful moment and it'll kind of conclude this almost hallmark scene of Christmas in our little town. But church, we have to realize that this story is really difficult for those people on the outside looking in to believe if you listen to the naysayers they'll go man there's no way that that's the way god chose to save the world you know there's no way that that was what god did well in luke chapter one it was present day of bethlehem and nazareth and 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 joseph and mary and elizabeth and all those people but in isaiah 7 The verse I opened up our time together with earlier, 700 years before Christ, Isaiah says this Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign, in Isaiah 7 14. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign, and behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. I want you to go somewhere with me in your mind. I want you to think about a person. The person I want you to think about today is, is that person that you love more than anybody else, okay? And I know what you're saying, okay, preacher, we know this is a test, and, and we're going to say it's our significant other, if it's our, it's our child, it's this or it's that. I'm not trying to get you to be super spiritual for a minute. I just want you to think about that person, And I want you to think about how much you love this person. You climb any mountain, you go down to any valley, you swim over any river, you would give up anything you have for this person. There's not a check that you wouldn't write, there's not anything that you would not be willing to give up for this person. You got that person in your mind? You see their face? Now, this is what I want you to think about that person. That person's now walked out on you. That person has now abandoned you. That person's now turned his or her back on you. That person has even tried to take your life and to cause you bodily harm. And you're going, no, there's no way. Not this person... I love this person. This person loves me. Well, church, in Genesis chapter 3, that's when that, this world began to go that direction. You see, there was nothing that God loved more than his people. We don't have time to go there, but in Genesis chapter 1, when God created something, he said it was good, and he created it because he wanted to bring us joy and to bring us joy. Blessings and to bring us opportunities. But in Genesis chapter 2 when he created man, and at the end of chapter 1 when he created man, this is what he said, let us create man in our image. And we just sang about it in King of Kings. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, three in one. That's the us in Genesis chapter 2. And can I tell you something as a father? One of the greatest honors I have is when somebody walks up to me and says, man, your boys look just like you. Is that not an honor, parents? Now, the second one is a little bit of a stretch. When they walk up to me and they go, man, your kids act just like you. I said, will you pray for them and pray that they act like their mama one day? But the point I'm making is, y'all, is that God loved us like his own children. He created us in his own image. He wants us to be just like him. But guess what? He loved us and did everything even to the point that he would send his son to die for us. And what have we done? We've turned our back on him. We've walked out on him. We've abandoned him. We've acted as if he was, didn't even exist. You're going, fish, memo, we're four days away from Christmas, bro. This is supposed to be a, a, a fun and exciting sermon. I don't know if you've understood this or not, but before you can understand the good news of Christmas, you got to be reminded of the bad news. And the bad news is, church, we blew it. We messed it up. Make sure you understand. I'm not pointing at you and saying, you messed it up. I'm not one of those preachers that act like I got my junk together and I know that y'all are all messed up. You know the problem with those preachers, right? They're the only idiot in the room because what they don't realize is, is that everybody in the room knows that he's messed up and everybody in the room knows that they've messed up, but he thinks he hadn't messed up. By the way, notice I didn't call any preachers by name, okay? All I'm saying is any person who'll stand before you and say they got their stuff together is not real, because we're all messed up. We've all sinned. We we're in the book of Romans, or we were in the book of Romans right before we started Advent. We'll be in the book of Romans in just a few weeks. But in Romans 3.23, what did we find out, church? For all have sinned, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. You don't stand on a podium and and, and, and not get to be sinless. The only person that was sinless came in a manger, wrapped as a gift in swaddling clothes, clothes, cloth, excuse me. And his name was Jesus. Another word for that name is Emmanuel, God with us. You see, God came down to show us what real love looks like. When Jesus is asked about the most important command in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, some call it, he answers by quoting from the ancient prayer known as the He May. Look at Mark 12, verses 29 through 31. Verse 28 would have said this, a scribe says to Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And this is Jesus' response, 29 through 31. And Jesus answered, the most important is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the God, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then listen to these words in Luke. There is no other commandment greater than these. And church, as I was preparing for this, this morning, this week, when the scribe asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? I'm, and he says, Hero is Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I got to thinking to myself, "Fish, how are you measuring up with that? So, church, I want to ask you, how are you measuring up with that? Are you loving God with all your heart? Notice it didn't say a piece of your heart. I don't know if you know this, church, but the world tells you, you can give your, your heart to everybody, a piece here, a piece there, a piece there. Jesus said the greatest commandment actually comes from the Old Testament, written in several different places, but Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I was like, man, I'm struggling with that. I give Beth a little bit of my heart. I give the boys some of my heart. I give the church some of my heart. I give my passion some of my heart. With all your soul. I mean, I say I've given my soul to Jesus, but church, can we just be real this morning? It is amazing that that which we give our soul to is which we are committed to and devoted to and we sacrifice for and nothing gets in the way. And I begin to evaluate my life and I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm really loving him with all my soul. I'm like, it's going to get better. And then what does it say? With all your mind. I'm in trouble, y'all. Because my mind gets me in trouble more days than it doesn't. My mind is a wondering mind. Beth reminds me all the time, baby, you can only point people to Jesus. You can't be their Savior. But I don't know if you know this or not, there's not a person on the planet that doesn't want to be the hero. And I just think, man, if I'll be there for that person, man, I can help them. That's what my mind tells me. You know what the Word tells me? Nothing is impossible with God. It doesn't say nothing's impossible with Jeff. It doesn't say nothing's impossible with Jake. It doesn't say nothing's impossible with Kay. It doesn't say nothing's impossible with TJ. It says nothing is impossible with who? God. God doesn't need more of us, church. They need more of Jesus. And the scribe was trying to test Jesus. What's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Well, first of all, y'all, I don't know if I've ever been this out of shape in my life, so I don't have a whole lot of strength to give him. I'm hoping that's accountability so that when Christmas is over, you'll say to me, hey, preacher, you want to go for a walk? If we got to go for a jog, I'm going to ride with you, okay? I'm just telling you. But then I get to verse 31. It says, the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So I have a question for you because this was a question that was posed to me as I was studying this this week. So which one's the most important? Fair, right? These are the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So which one's the most important? For Jesus, both are vital because the first commandment cannot be obeyed without the second. They're inseparable. A person's love for God is expressed by their love for others. So let's clear something up right quick. Love is not an emotion. Even though I know that people that are in love and that love their children and love their parents and love their friends, for some odd reason there's this thing called emotion that gets in the way all the time. It happens at our house all the time. Sometimes I love my boys enough to show so much passion and emotion that if they don't do what I or their mother tell them, they might go see, see Jesus today. And there might be some actions connected with that, but it starts with emotion. For the parent in the room, how many times have you been told it? To, you love him more than you love me. You love her more than you love me. Especially this time of year. True story. We're having a discussion. Beth and I are. Every year this time of year, usually it's 80 degrees outside, there's tornadoes everywhere. I go to Memphis, I go shopping, she goes, I can't believe you're leaving me here with this bad weather. I'm like, do you want anything for Christmas? Of course, she smiles and says yes, and then she's calling me the whole time. Will you please be safe? Will you please be careful? Will you please do this? And then she pulls out the list yesterday, and I don't know, parents, if you do this or not, but there's a comparison list. So there's what we got Adam, and there's what we got Caleb, and on this side, there's a lot of things, and on this side, Caleb, sorry, there's not a whole lot on that side, and we're looking and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, and she goes, I don't know. This doesn't compare, and this doesn't measure up, and what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I get home, and I go, hey, I found a really good deal on some of your happy things, and I was able to buy you a lot of stuff. And she goes, that's great. I don't know why I even try. I mean, every year, you just outdo me every time, every time, every time, every time. You feel the emotion in that? Behind that, there's this unbelievable big grin, excited that she's getting all kind of stuff, but she's going to look at me and go, I don't even know why I tried. You're going to always outdo me. And then the emotion starts. The emotion actually started before I ever left. But church, the love is not an emotion, it's an action. And can I tell you something? Charles Dennis reminded me this morning when he gave me my coffee this morning. He said, you haven't called Beth your smoking hot wife in a while. I'm like, it's not that I don't believe it. It's just that when I say it, too many of y'all mess with me about it. I had one guy say to me, hey, man, what if I don't think your wife's smoking hot? Wouldn't that kind of be hard for me to tell you that? I said, man, don't tell me that. I'll hurt you. Beth wanted me to get a shirt this year at Bucky's while we were on the beach. That said something about a squirrely Christmas, and she said, I want you to wear it every Sunday leading up to Christmas because you chase so many squirrels during the Christmas season. <laughs> Hint, that was a squirrel back to Luke chapter 6. But church, you know how you know love is not an emotion, it's an action? Listen to Luke chapter 6, verses 26 through 36. But I say to you, you hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other side. From the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. I don't know if you know this or not, but when somebody comes to rob me and they say, hey, man, I want this, don't go out. Man, we got some more guard back here in the back, but that's what Jesus is saying. Don't withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods and do not demand them back. And as you wish, that others would do to you, do so to them. Isn't it amazing how we only use verse 31? They go on the roll. Treat others how you want to be treated. Well, time out. You miss that whole turn the cheek. When they strike you on the left side, turn and strike on the right side. When they take your tunic, give them your, I mean, when they take your cloak, give them your tunic. Like we forget all that. But then look at verse 32. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that you for, to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But then listen to verses 35 and 36, and we're about to land this plane. But love your enemies and do good, and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the most high for he is the kind he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil be merciful even as your father is merciful i don't know how many of you are doing the uh, advent bible plans that we shared with you on our app but this week in the devotional by the bible project advent reflections they wrote this about these verses jesus says that The ultimate standard of authentic love is how well you treat the person you can't stand. Or in his words, you should love your enemy and do good to them expecting nothing in return. For Jesus, this kind of love imitates the very character of God. But you see, church, what I am convinced of this morning as we close our time together is is that we light the candle of hope because we are hoping for the gift at Christmas, and we light the candle of peace because if you have any kind of children in your house, you just want there to be peace at Christmas. This one's not online, so I can share this with you. The first service didn't get it. We were at the beach, and Mama B, my mother-in-law, better known as Miss Bobby, asked us, "Well, what was Christmas like for you, fish, growing up?" And honestly, y'all, as a little kid and all the way up till I was probably 11, 12 years old, we would go to Arkansas every year at christmas that's where my mom's brothers lived and i could always guarantee a couple of things are going to happen at christmas when i was a kid number one one if not all three of my uncles were going to get drunk okay see why i didn't share this on the online service just in case one of them might be tuning in i mean it's the truth but i mean it's whatever there was also gonna be a fight, and I'm not talking about just a yelling fight, I'm talking about a knockdown drag out fight. And my mom was gonna be the one that won because she was the baby sister, and she would get in the middle of them, and she'd start throwing dukes and getting them off each other and telling them to go to their rooms like they were little children. So the first time I ever saw Advent and I saw them light a candle of peace, I'm like, man, that makes complete sense. Every family wants peace at Christmas. But some of you come from those type families. You're not going to stand up and give a show and tell like I just did before the entire church. But you pray for peace at Christmas. But church, do you know that peace can only be found in a person and his name is Jesus? And who doesn't want the joy of Christmas? Everybody wants joy. But again, guys, we see peace and hope and joy as an emotion. And they're not emotions, they're actions. And love is an action and it's in a person and his name's Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Church, can I ask you a question this morning? Have you received the gift of Christmas? Because can I tell you something? Thursday's going to come and we're going to celebrate Christmas Eve and Friday morning's going to come and, and about five minutes some houses 45 seconds I mean like we're going to unwrap everything everything's going to happen and it's going to be over and this is going to be the first thing out of somebody's mouth and this is when mom or dad is going to cringe and they're going to lose their mind and they're going to have to walk out and have just a self-check moment is that all we got for Christmas I'll put this on my list I didn't get this And I don't know why we're surprised by that. Because man has been searching for years and years and years for satisfaction in something wrapped in paper with a bow on it. And meaning can only be found in the gift of a manger through the life of a man named Jesus. I want to remind you of something that Sean said last week. Will not say it exactly because he said it. I'm just paraphrasing what he said. But I thought it was so good. He said, On Christmas morning, when you wake up, before you do a stocking, before you open a gift, before you celebrate what the big guy brought the night before, may you pause and be grateful for the fact that the greatest gift at Christmas didn't come in a box. It didn't come through UPS or Amazon. It didn't come from anything. It came in the gift of Jesus Christ. Amen? As we close out our time today, I want to read a prayer over you. It's one of my favorite prayers that comes from Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus, chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Listen to these words. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And then listen to this church, verse 19. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to stop there just for a second. And here's what I want you to see. You see that one that loved you so much, that would climb any mountain, go to any valley, go to the greatest of lows and the highest of highs, even though you turned your back on him, today he wants you to know the breadth of his love, the length of his love, the height of his love, and the depth of his love. I want you look at this verse, and it says, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. I'll never forget the first time I read this verse. What it said to me, Garrett, was "Is that it, I don't have to be smart enough. I don't have to be good enough. I don't have to measure up the way the world says i got to measure up. He loves me for me. Church, in the last week, I have seen death. I have seen life. I have seen disease. I have seen destruction. I have seen the unthinkable. Gracie, go ahead and put verse 20 and 21 up. But listen to this, this is the love of Christmas. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Now to him, him is Jesus, church. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Guys, the action of God's love is in us. And it wants to come out. That gift that God has given the world is you and me. And I don't know if you know this or not, but God created you to be you because he needs you to tell somebody about the most awesome, amazing love that can only be found in a manger. So for you that think that you don't measure up, for you that think that because you did this or you did that, can I tell you something, church? Not only is there grace for that, there's God's love for that. That's how you know love is not an emotion, it's an action. Because if it was an emotion, we wouldn't love anybody. But then look at what it says. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Here's what Paul's saying. He's saying a church of Ephesus, community church Oxford, person that's never been to church before, might just be passing through because it's Christmas season. What God wants you to know this Christmas is that the greatest gift ever given to man wasn't in a package. It didn't have a bow on it matter of fact the gift that was given to us it was probably stanky where he was it was probably dirty it was probably the most unusual place that God would choose to bring a king into the world but that's how God shows out it's not about what man desires or what man wants it's about what God wants and what he wants you to know is today is that his love will go to the to, to the to the Farthest places, east is the west, it will go to the greatest heights, it will go to the greatest depths. Why? Because it's his love for us. In church, I don't know if you've learned anything else in 2020. But that which you hold closest to you, you actually realize is not near as important as it's life itself when you go through what we've gone through in these last. Weeks and months through this pandemic. The word of God says two things are going to last. The souls of men and the word of God. To him who's able to do far more abundantly than we dare ask or hope. Why don't we give that gift this Christmas? And that gift is Jesus. And that gift is a love to a world that doesn't deserve love. But God loves us anyway. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the kind of love that says that you'll tear down the lie. You'll climb up the mountain. You'll kick down the wall. God, it's the kind of love that is reckless. It's the kind of love, God, that says no matter what, I choose you. God, I don't know who this is for this morning, but there's someone here today that just needs to know that you love them, that you haven't abandoned them, you haven't forgotten about them. God, you are with them even in the darkest or the greatest moments of their lives. God, may we experience that love today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.